0: Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert, visionary, and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery.
1: Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Kristen Kramer. She is a tell it like it is unapologetically authentic business strategy coaching consultant to design systems to help overwhelmed and exhausted business owners free up more time, make more money and fall in love with their business again. Kristen, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here and I appreciate your taking the time to talk to me today. Yes. Can you share a little bit about your journey, how you became a business coaching consultant? Yeah. So I launched Girl Friday Virtual Office as a virtual assistant in 2011. And over the years, I've scaled that business about, I'd say between four and five times, learned a lot of things along the way, a lot of what not to do, a lot of what I didn't know. So I have moments now where I'm like, if I knew then what I know now, I would have done this differently. Yeah. (laughs) And really what happened over the course of those 10 years is that the business evolved into business management services and i have a team on the back end that helps to implement a plan is great but if it's only on paper and we're not putting it into action or making it work for us then it's not doing us any good so through that evolution of girl friday virtual office I launched Bold Moves Boss. And so, what I have, if you can think of it, is like this overarching umbrella of your business strategy and the journey that you want to take to get from where you are today to where you want to, how to scale your business with ease, basically. And on the Bold Moves Boss side, we're talking about strategy. We're talking about what does it take to get you from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. Okay. Maybe that's three months, six months, 10 years, whatever it is, whatever tomorrow is for you. And then Girl Friday Virtual Office is the action. So I've been jokingly saying, you know, strategy meet action. (laughs) So that when I work with a client, if they already have a team in place, that's great. They can take what we design for them in that strategy and streamlining their processes and looking at how to do it better so that they can increase that profit margin and make more money and then also have time to spend their money (laughs) doing the things that they enjoy. That's why we get into business. So we can take our money and do other things with it. And then on the Girl Friday side, if they need a team to actually put that into action for them and make it go, make the plan go, then I have a team that they can work with so that we can implement those systems for them. Or they can take what we build out under Bold Moves Boss, and they'll have the materials they need to onboard a virtual assistant directly or train their team if they have a team in place already. So it's a big picture.
1: So when it comes to business overwhelm, what do you think is the real issue?
0: I find overwhelm is caused by a couple things. One is not saying no. So you're saying yes to too many things and not having boundaries. And those two items are the root problem of overwhelm because they lead to so many other things. You don't know how to tactfully say no. You say yes to the wrong things. So then all of a sudden your calendar is full of things that aren't directly related to your priorities. And you also don't have boundaries. For example, if you're working with a team and they're constantly interrupting you, right? They're, they just have freedom, free reign, access to you. And they're constantly interrupting, popping in on you, be it with phone calls, texts, whatever, maybe in a physical office even. Every time they do that, it interrupts what you're working on. So you can't, you're not getting any traction and you have to start all over again, right? Because your brain then has to go, wait a minute, where was I on this? So those interruptions that you allow because you don't have boundaries and you don't have a way to tactfully tell them go away (laughs) because we want to be likable and we want to be nice. So we have a tendency to say, yeah, sure. What can I help you with? No, I'm busy, but no, what can I help you with and take it upon ourselves to allow those interruptions. So a lot of what I work with business owners on is where are we spending our time? What are you saying yes to that maybe you need to start saying no to? Uh, And how is your time being diffused? So how's your focus being broken up and diffused across the day? And those are those interruptions. It's not having a clear process in place to communicate with clients. And so maybe you're spending all day in your email, sifting through emails. And what we tell ourselves is, oh, I'll just reply to this real quick because it'll only take a minute. And here's another one. Oh, this will only take a minute or, oh, let me go check (laughs) on that that today. So pretty (laughs) soon you've gone through your email and yes, you've pinged back usually pretty short, quick answers because you only want to take a minute, but pretty soon before like half your day's gone and you're like, what have I been doing all day? Yeah. Or you say yes to conversations where, because, and I am so guilty of this, I love to collaborate. I thrive so greatly in the creation process that I enjoy that part of it, like working on the big ideas and the big picture pieces. Uh, so I'll get in a conversation and I will allow a day to get filled up with lots of those types of conversations, but they're not really leading to anything, at least not on my end. Like I'm not, it's not leading to onboarding a new client or delivering something to a paying client. It's just work that I'm doing for free. And as much as I love those conversations, I am in business as a business to make money so that I can take my money and go do other things with it. (laughs) Yeah. So we tend to fill up our days with things that we enjoy and that make us feel good. And then all the stuff that we don't really enjoy, we shove to the side. And then pretty soon you're in complete panic and triage mode. And this is where you start to get really overwhelmed because you realize all of the things that you're not accomplishing to advance your business forward. And then they just, you just get further and further behind. Yeah. It's so easy to do. Even just have a little
1: bit of ADD of, Oh, I'll just open. I'll just go to this website really quick. Oh, I just, you know, this really quick, or, you know, let's just take five seconds. And then I'll find myself in the middle of the, what am I opening right now? And then, okay. And then ask myself, I started to get good at this. I ask myself, is this getting me to my goal or can I do this later? And I'm like, Oh, I could do the later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Shut the window. Yeah. It's and that's super like- urgent. It's I've started to do that. <laughs> That's a great question to ask yourself to really just become more self-aware and check in on why am I working on this? So I also know that I don't, some people thrive on having a task list that they just check stuff off of. They love checking stuff complete off of a list that doesn't do anything for me. And it feels very tedious to me. So I have had to build a team on the back end of my business that loves checking stuff off of a list because I don't enjoy that. So having a team where I can delegate those to-do lists off to has been so key for me and being able to grow my business because before, when I was trying to be all of those things, like all things to all people, I was falling into the trap of oh, it'll only take a few minutes and I can just knock this out real quick. I can do it faster than I can train somebody else to do it. We like to tell ourselves that, but I wasn't getting the task list checked off. And I became my own problem because I was the bottleneck. But once I got that, all those processes built out and had a team in place to delegate to, then the momentum picked up much more quickly, almost like a a wildfire it just took off. The business just took off. So I think you have to understand about yourself when you're overwhelmed or you keep double booking your appointments, are you leveraging your technology correctly? And does it make sense? And is it more efficient to outsource or offload some of these things to an outside party that spends their day kind of swimming in that pond all day? Right. Yeah. Versus, I have to be the expert of everything.
1: Yeah. And you and know, I were talking about this. Are you your own web developer? If you are say a life coach, you should be expert life
0: coach, not expert web developer. Right? Yes, absolutely. And that goes with any sales and marketing automation system. Like when I was 16, I could change the oil in my car. Okay. I just put it on Jack, Jack stands and change the oil. I have a 2019 Honda Civic. I cannot change the oil in that car. It's like a computer, number one, but it's just so vastly different than the little Chrysler laser I had when I was 16 because just like technology, cars have evolved. So technology has evolved over time where you used to be able to go in and maybe you just kept it in an Excel spreadsheet or something, but as your business grows, you can't manage contacts that way. And you can't manage your business that way. You need the platforms and the technology that's out there to help you run more efficiently and maximize your time and effort. So it doesn't make sense to be the expert in all of those technologies and all of those platforms because the moment they change something and they move a button on you, you're going to be like, where the hell did my button go? Yeah. And you're going to spend 45 minutes looking for the button, whereas somebody that's their expertise and that's what they do all day, every day. They're going to be like, I know where the button went and <laughs> yeah. exactly where the button is.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're becoming even building. Well, you're over here scaling your business. You're getting a little task done. And too, like, it's so important to be able to save time. Like even just setting, like you and I were talking about the, a little bit about automation, but like one automation that I love is. One that if I do a TikTok video, it automatically goes into a system that it transcribes it for me and turns it into a blog. If I want to use it for posts or if I want to use it for blog material, I can combine some of them. It repurposes everything for all the different platforms. If I all of a sudden want to just launch something out there, I just go, okay, I want that. And it's done. I'm not out there. Okay, now, I want to, now I'm sending this to the transcribe. Now I'm sending this to this. Now it's like, post and everything happens you have to have people that are experts to set that all up
0: for you so that you can do what you're best at right exactly yeah and i think and i get why people sometimes don't want to outsource the build of platform because that's what we focus on too so part of the implementation is building out those platforms whatever technology it is and we have over 160 platforms that we can work within. You don't want to be held hostage by your technology, right? So you do need to understand the fundamentals of it, but it's more important for you to focus on nurturing relationships that you have with your current clients or prospects out there talking to people about your business and really focusing on what's the next evolution of you and your business, what's on the horizon. And you can't do those things if you're in the trenches, being the doer of all the things and trying to be an expert at everything. You have to stay in your zone of genius and let others help you and support you with their zones of genius. And as scary as it is to outsource those things, it's well worth the time. It's so much easier than the struggle that we set ourselves up for.
1: Yeah. And be like your own. Be the CEO in your business rather than working in your business. You're working on your business. Exactly. And those are very two big, two different things. And I'd say, I agree with you. Learn the stuff to a degree that you understand the conversations and and what's going Mm on. Yeah. There's so much that goes into staying on top of all those things and they're always changing. Everything's always changing. And yeah, you're going to save your own sanity just by- First, doing it yourself, create a process for it, then get
0: outsource it. Exactly, and I think it's the process too that a lot of people are missing. So I talked to a few business owners in the last few weeks that they're like, every time I go to send a proposal, it's like I'm re- I'm doing everything from scratch all over again. Like they're recreating the wheel every time they have to send out an email to a new client or they have to send out their proposal, and that's just not stopping or hitting pause long enough to create a standardized way of doing it. And yeah, it takes time to do that. You have to spend some time to understand the process that you wanna put in place. But here's the beauty of taking the time with that. Once you have the process built, one, you will not have to keep recreating the wheel, all right? So if it's something that you don't touch on a daily basis, but that you have to do periodically. And every time you go into that system, you're like, oh crap, like, where did that go? Where did I find that last time? Instead of spending 45 minutes trying to figure out where you found it last time, you've got it documented in your process. So there are processes that I have to pull out and go, okay, here's where that was. The other thing, the second thing you get with that is now you have a way to train a team. Or you decide that I'm ready to bring on a virtual assistant. Now you have documentation that you can give to that person and say, this is how we do this. Every time we bring on a new client, this is the process that takes place. And these are the tools that we use to make that happen. And If you're working with like an implementation team on the back end of your business, then you can also pull out that process and you can say, we need to change this piece of it. We need to update this. I want this to work differently now. But if you are going by the seat of your pants and by your memory every single time, then you don't have a way to communicate that to anyone else. And so now you are stuck being the doer. And the argument becomes I can do it faster. It'll take me longer to tell somebody else how to do it than it will be to just do it myself. Do you think the CEO of other companies like corporations or large associations are doing all of those things? No, because they understand that as a CEO, you can't be the doer of all the things. They're, they're assigning that to other people on their team for them to take ownership of it and make those things happen to grow the business. And if you're still stuck in your day-to-day routine of thinking like a startup, then you're going to have a difficult time scaling to a six-figure business because to be a six-figure business, you have to start thinking like a CEO of a six-figure business. Yeah. And you can't do that unless you create time and space in your day to, to focus on those things. Yeah, definitely. You have to have the mindset that I am worth
1: more than what I am doing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like when you first start out, yeah, you will be doing everything, but then you reach a new level of your expertise is more valuable for the business
0: than what you're currently doing. Right. Yeah, definitely. And another way to think of it is You're doing a disservice to your clients or potential clients by not allowing yourself to show up as the amazing expert that you are. Like you got into business because you're really good at something. You're really passionate about it. You have a passion for helping other people. You wanted the freedom of time. You wanted the freedom to define success. On your own terms. And the only way to do that is to stay in your space where you're strongest and to not stay in the space of checking stuff off of a to do list. So you're doing a disservice to your dream, yourself, your potential clients, if you don't allow yourself the time and space to operate at that level. Yeah. So that's another way that I've started trying to get people to think about it from that point of view versus saying yes to everything. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to everything else, understanding what's important to say yes to. And when you do that, I think you're, you're serving people at the highest level possible because you understand your priorities. You're able to communicate them. And you're serving them the way you want to show up as somebody that's amazing and passionate about what you're doing to help them in their, their lives or their business with whatever service or product that you're providing.
1: Many get stuck focusing on the wrong things in the business. What are some of the most important areas to actually focus on?
0: Yeah. So I think that streamlining is definitely a way to focus and decide what's important. Automation is great. And I encourage people to do that sooner rather than later in their business. And it doesn't take the place of you, but what it does is it buys you time. So I have an automated thank you that goes out to people that I meet with. So that Automatically goes out like within an hour or two of the call. And it also includes a link for them to schedule a follow-up call. Now that doesn't replace the need of me making that one-to-one personal contact, calling them or emailing them directly, whatever the case may be. But what it does is it buys me time. So they get a personalized thank you immediately. And then that buys me time to reach out to them on a Deeper, more personal level based on the specifics of our conversation versus before when I didn't have that automated, I would have to remember to send it out after every single call. And if you have a pretty packed day, you very easily fall into, oh my gosh, I talked to them three days ago and I still haven't sent that. So that's where leveraging the technology is really important. I think people focus on. Okay, I'm gonna say this, and I know nobody's gonna agree with me. And I'm, I'm
1: Just go ahead. Hate,
0: I'm gonna get hate you mail on this. say it anyway. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people I talked to that have been working on their avatar for their company for like months, weeks, months. Oh, like, and they get, take you five minutes, and they inspection. get close to figuring it out, and then they're like, "I don't think that's my avatar," and so then they they switch it over again so I'm going to confess something that I'm sure every coaching program that I participated in over the last two years would just be like, why would you admit that? <laughs> I built my business to six figures and never sat down and wrote out what my avatar was ever. In fact, <laughs> when I started the new sales and marketing programs through COVID, cause I was like, I need to like, get in touch with this new client base, what people are looking for these days. Yeah. I thought an avatar was still like the character in a game. I was like, what what? <laughs> like the first three times I heard it, I was like, what the hell is an avatar? I'm not playing a video game here. What do you mean? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my ideal client. I'm like, why can't we just call it that? Why can't we just call it my ideal client? Yeah. It doesn't, I don't know. I don't know why, but they don't. But I know people that have been struggling with that forever or they get stuck on the copy and they're like, I I don't think my copy's right. I'm not structuring my emails correctly. And again, I, I built my business to six figures the first time around with without doing all of that extra work. And I am not saying that it's not important. Depending on what you do in your business, getting a copywriter's input, a marketing expert's input on what you're saying and how you're saying it. There's a reason they do that. Cause there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. There's a lot of behavior study that goes into it and they understand the nuances of that, but it shouldn't be the obstacle of getting your message out there and starting to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I think if you just speak from the heart about what you're passionate about and why you're in business, then the folks that that resonates with, they will do business with you if it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense and doesn't resonate with them, then they won't do business with you. And that's okay. Cause yeah. not everybody is a good client and not everybody is a good fit. Yeah. But and I think it's funny
1: that you say that, cause I actually had a client that I worked with, you know, they millions of people following them and they launched this big course and stuff and they didn't sell that many and they really struggled and To your point of putting too much effort into the avatar and too much effort into things that to the point where it becomes a stopping point, they had put number one, way too much effort into the landing page where it was a mile long and nobody was ever, it was too much information where people went to the page, I'm sure. And thought, oh, I have to think about this now.
0: (laughs) They were like, I don't even know what I'm reading.
1: Yeah. And, And then number two, when, when we started talking about their avatar, they had been working on it for months. When I bring people through a process, which I do as a marketer, we spend five minutes on each section and then we're done. If it's more than five minutes, it's a waste of time because at the end of the day, and probably you noticed this, and this is why you were so successful. The main thing that you have to figure out is the emotions and the problems that you're going to solve and the emotions that they're dealing with in what those problems are and what they're going to experience after. Mm -hmm. If you know those things and you start to communicate those things and everything, that's all you need. And you don't need a, and I always tell people you don't need fancy, beautiful landing pages either. If you have an amazing offer, like Mm -hmm. I started when I first started before I was a marketer, I was on YouTube selling how to make money on Amazon. I did a full on course on how to do your own private label. Everybody wanted that puppy. I sold it for $2,000 and my, all of my opt-ins, all of my lead magnets, like I was getting 400 people a week in my email list on a regular basis. They were all ugly. They were white. They were convert old version where it was white and just put your, just a header and just an opt-in there was right. nothing else. Yeah. People still loved my stuff. Yeah. I still sold. I still made a ton of money and everything was ugly. Yeah. And and I think in some cases, like the copy suck. I'm sure
0: if you looked at it today, you would be like, I can't believe I like posted that. I can't believe I put that out there. Oh yeah. Every once in a while,
1: I'll even run into something. Oh, I still have this. You still succeed. If you have enough of what people really want and you're hitting it, the nail on the head, as far as their frustrations go, you're going to win a long time. And I'll tell you this too, is when I first started I shifted niches and I started to help coaches and consultants, but I didn't have an, I didn't have enough people in my email list and all this kind of stuff. And I had built up this big membership program and launched it and nobody bought it. And I was like, Oh, it's my copy. It's this, it's that it's all. And it was just like, Oh no, you're just not in front of your ideal clients is what it was. Yeah. And fast forward a year later, I launched it again and I got people in it and it sold and everything was wonderful. I was like, oh, now I can continue on. And sometimes I think we're too hard on ourselves when we think that everything's got to be perfect.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and we take too much advice. You have an amazing idea and you start to put it all together. And then you go to people who are the expert. Maybe it's the that has a similar product that's like doing gangbusters and you're like, Oh, I want to see what they are telling people they should do in their business to grow it. And that doesn't work for you. Right. So like you do all the things that you're supposed to do. I was coached to build my plane in the air. So just don't worry about having a system in place. Just go out there and start selling it, which I can tell you is not good for me. (laughs) good for me. I just, I can't operate that way for a lot of reasons. That's another conversation. (laughs) But the other is that they were like, you have to tell people that you're going to make them more money because people get into business to make money. And that's what they want. That's what they want to hear that you make them more money. And that messaging was so out of alignment with me and my core belief of why people get into business that I would, I was saying it, but nothing was happening. And I truly believe it's because in my own head, I didn't really believe it. Like I wasn't drinking my own Kool-Aid. So (laughs) what I was saying, but when I start, when I was like, okay, I'm done collecting advice from all of these places, and I'm just going to go out there and be me and do it the way that I've built success in the past and just speak from the heart with passion, then that's when things started clicking for me. I started onboarding the new clients and rebuilding my business through all of the changes that went through in COVID. And I think you just have to get out there and start talking to people, anybody, including if you're standing in line at the grocery store, start talking to people yeah. e- eavesdrop in the aisles. And if you hear somebody complaining about something that you have a solution for, talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Having the infrastructure in place is really Helpful and it's going to alleviate a lot of the anxiety and stress that comes with a fear of success. Because I do think that we hold ourselves up more from a fear of success than a fear of failure. If you fail, chances are not a lot of people are going to know, especially if you're starting your business. All right. No, nobody's watching to see you fail. You're going to know and it's going to suck, but <laughs> it won't be like a big public display. Yeah. Uh, but The thing is that trips us up is that fear of success. I don't have a process in place of remembering to follow up with this person or a place to put the notes or just really the fundamentals of keeping your business organized that you're not losing your mind every day, trying to remember everything because you can't, there's too much coming at us at any one given time. And so I think that's where systems and processes become so key and taking the time to work with someone, me or someone else that focuses on the business strategy and is a systems expert that can help you map all of that out and then help you figure out if it's technology that you need, what platform makes the most sense for you. Not for everybody else, but for you and how you work in your business, how you process information and how you problem solve within your business. Because if I set you up with a system that doesn't work within those parameters for you and doesn't have, create some synergy for you in your day, then you're not going to use it. And who you're going to be mad at? Me, (laughs) be mad at me because you still don't have a system that works and you're still at square one. I think that's one of the reasons why I've never just focused on one particular platform and why I enjoy having an implementation team in place that like they live in the world of coding and they can build anything over 160 platforms so that we can pair people up with the technology that is best for them and how they work. Versus saying, oh, to work with me, you have to use keep, or you have to use constant content or whatever it is, because that's all I work with. So I've just never done that since the inception of my business. And it's, I really enjoy the fact that I've been able to rebuild the infrastructure on my business so that I can continue that and providing that flexibility and service. And a strategy for one is a strategy for any of them. The fundamentals are all the same. I love that. So, what are some indicators that you lack boundaries in your business? You feel like you're pulled in a million different directions, and you're getting to the end of your day and going, I was busy all day. I know I was busy all day. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off all day. So, not PC. I know. I don't know what I was doing all day. I have no idea what I just spent the entire day doing because the Five things that I wrote down on my list over here that absolutely had to be done today. I haven't touched them at all. And now it's seven o'clock at night and I still haven't touched them. And I'm tired, (laughs) tired, or I have to go be mom or wife or friend or go stare at a wall for a few minutes and not have anybody talking at me. Just all of those things. I'm a human being. I think most of the time people find their way to me because they're completely overwhelmed. They feel like they're pulled in a million different directions and they're getting to the end of their day. And they're like, I, they've got nothing to show for it. Not only did they not accomplish the things they said were important to accomplish, but they don't really even know what they've been doing all day because they've just nickel and dimed their time all day long and been running around like, unconsciously allowing people to pull them in every direction, but the one that they really needed to go in where yeah. they said was a priority for them. Yeah. yeah. That's typically what it is. They're completely overwhelmed. Nothing's getting done. And then the anxiety and stress that comes with that. Yeah. Because you're promising things and you're still not getting it done. Can you share some of
1: the systems that you create or implement For businesses to get owners to get their time back?
0: Yeah. So, the first thing that I like to do with business owners is look at what are you planning and what is the reality? And that's a process. I usually ask them to track that for about a week. I realize that sounds very remedial and like it's a big waste of time. But what we typically find out, even three days in, is that what you mapped out for your day is not what's really happening. You're just not consciously recognizing it as it happens to you. So now that you have it on paper to compare the two, you're like, holy crap, no wonder I don't get anything done. I didn't do anything that was on the plan. So then there's a question of, is the plan realistic? If what you wrote down is the reality every week, right? This is the pattern that's repeating itself. Then Maybe the way you're mapping out your time isn't realistic to the way your business operates in the "quote unquote" real world. So, for instance, I had a client that was always putting her team meeting on Mondays, and she even said, as we were looking at, she said, "I know Mondays are the worst time to have a team meeting, but it's the only day I can fit it in, and so I have it scheduled for every Monday, and then no one shows up because they're all they're 1099 contractors, so that comes with a whole host of." Unique challenges versus yeah. employees, where you have you can say to an employee you have to be at this meeting. Contractors are contractors. Once we evaluated what she had mapped out and what the reality was, not only did we figure out a better way to structure her week, but she was able to move that team meeting to Fridays to piggyback on a meeting that was already happening in their office with the entire like the whole office, not just her team. So. I think sometimes you have to go through that process so that you can step back from it and have more of a bird's eye view because when you're in the thick of it and you're in the trenches and that overwhelms kicking in, all you can think about is getting to the next thing and then the next thing so that you can get to the end of the day and do it all over again. So yeah, so I think that's part of what happens there is that people, they just, you have in your mind what you want to happen in a day but then you're not setting up the boundaries to make sure that's what happens in a day. So once we identify that, then we can look at what's pulling you off track and how are you getting pulled away from what you said you wanted to accomplish today. And a lot of times it's because you need to block off time in your calendar. If you're using automated scheduling, block off time in your calendar. They don't have, you don't have to be available 24, seven, seven days a week. And people fall into the myth of if I'm not available, then I'll lose a potential client. Maybe you will, but probably not because they're going to look at your calendar and see when you're available. And they're going to pick the day and time that works best for their schedule. So you're giving them a lot of flexibility and you're saying yes, by saying no. You're saying no to certain times of your day, but you're saying yes, because you've opened up all this other space for them. And that allows you as well to be more focused when you get to that call, because you will have been able to clear the other things off of your desk that you said were a priority. So sometimes we don't really know what our priorities are. Yeah, that's good. So can you share some of your client success stories? Yeah, I have been able to, get people time. Usually where we start again is the calendar. So we automate scheduling and then just setting up boundaries and giving them control of their day. They're able to move through a lot more key actionable items that they can use to advance their business. Uh, I think most of the success comes, I think they feel the biggest sense of relief. Most of them will tell me in that first 30 to 90 days, because when they get to me, they're in triage mode. And so we're able to look at, okay, what do we need to fix first to get you that relief? And then once they're not overwhelmed anymore, then we move into more of a, how do we maintain this and make sure that you don't end up back in that state of triage again. But most of the time it's in, I think being a sounding board where they can say, I don't know why I'm not getting anything done and I don't know why I'm not accomplishing what I want to accomplish. And then having somebody allow them to give them permission. So I think sometimes we don't want to give ourselves permission because it sounds selfish, but if you're working with a consultant and a coach and they give you permission to say no, and they give you permission to set up boundaries and permission to focus on what's important to you, then you do it and you don't feel guilty about it because you're like, I'm working with this coach and they said that I need to do these things. So you have a, an out, <laughs> you get to blame somebody else. It's not me. They said, I have to say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to all of that. So that's usually that's it. And just in having a process and the ability to have access to fractional support, be it a fractional virtual assistant support or having a tech team that they can submit a ticket to and it gets fixed and they don't have to go in and figure it all out. It's just in truly being able to step into being the CEO of their business in its truest sense, because you have resources and access to resources that you don't have if you just continuously insist on doing it all yourself. Yeah. So good. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? I think what I would tell myself is you have all the, I have all the answers I need. Like I already know the answer. I don't I don't need to have those answers validated by somebody else because what's working for them may not necessarily work for me. And so the advice that I would give myself is just to follow my gut instinct and speak with passion and help people where I can help them, provide them with resources that can help them if I'm not able to, and really just get back into the mindset that I had when I built the business the first time. And that I already know how to do it. I just trust yourself. And you won't be so confused either. If I had done that, I wouldn't have been so confused. And the people telling me that what I thought was the way to go wasn't correct for today's market. And I'm back to doing it my way and it's working fine.
1: I like that. There are so (laughs) many people, especially if you're in, they're in the same niche as you that somehow feel the need to tell you that you're doing things wrong. And like I, when I started out, I don't charge huge retainer fees. Now, if I'm managing something for you on an ongoing basis and I need to sit there and babysit it and all that, of course, I'm going to charge a retainer fee because that's taking up, that's sucking up my time. But if it's a project that we're working on and I've got a team as well that gets stuff done. And I remember having all these marketers at me, you need to be charging monthly fees for your sales copy. I'm like, what?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, what? no. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, if people want to pay me to come back and do some edits, I'll charge them for the edits. Like I'm not going to just charge them a monthly fee for using my copy. So at some point you do, you have to just ask yourself, what makes sense for my business? What makes sense? Am I getting a profit? Does this make sense for me? And what's funny is this last week I got from one of the experts that teach that are as a leader of the mastermind that I'm a part of sent this webinar out. And he said, stop charging retainer fees, do this instead. And I was like, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And every time I sign up a client, I'm like, there you go. I just, yeah, I think It depends. Anytime you're working with somebody, the first 90 days is probably where it's going to be the most intensive and most impactful. And that's not to say that you don't need maintenance for some things you do, but if you're just starting out, you're probably not launching a product every month or every two months, even you're probably just grateful that you got the one out the door (laughs) online where people can buy it. Yeah. But if you're bigger, if you're scaling and you're at six figures or you're getting close to seven figures... That's a totally different space. Then you really do need people that can maintain stuff on a more frequent basis because, and you're going to have a team, like you are going to have a team at that point because you're going to need people that are vested in the overall success of your business as well. Yeah. I would just have told myself to just do what I know works and uh, not worry about all the noise around me. And that's not to say that I know everything. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I've learned a lot in the last two years and in restructuring the company, but that's different than not trusting yourself and not taking your own advice. Do that yeah. first and then learn.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you could stop yourself from creating success. Absolutely. Just Yeah. By not doing anything. Yeah. So if, if there are people
0: that are listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? So the best way is they can reach me at Kristen Kramer on LinkedIn, or they can I would tell you to email my email so long. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to, I'll give it to you anyway. Okay. It's KY Kramer at girl And I still use that one primarily because again, that's like where all the action takes place yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's everywhere. So it's got 11 years worth of being all over the place. I would definitely either LinkedIn, they can message me there. They can send me a connection request. I'm a lot. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit or email me. And I'll put all your links down below. Thank you so much
1: for coming on today and sharing your expertise.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I'm super excited to see how things evolve over the next year and going forward too. So I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit www.upclawtothrive.com. Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful week.